welcome back to Daycar Pod. I'm Jenna and we are back. Oh man, I wanted to say week four and that's probably me just trying to manifest this thing to go quicker because I'm already burned out, but it is actually in fact still week three of Joey's journey to find a situationship that will hopefully last him to the end of his days and I am excited for him. The drama's starting to pick up. We're getting into, into like that oh we're gonna have a two-on-one next week like it's it's getting there right but it's also still in that weird in-between stage where we're like we don't really know who half these women are we're wondering if joey even likes any of them and to break down all of that i'm so excited to have on some guests this week they have a youtube channel where they recap the bachelor and bachelor franchise through a relationship advice counseling coaching angle please welcome to the podcast the ladies from here to find love kelly and julie hello hi everyone so, so excited to be, to be here, here. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed that that was beautiful <laughs> amazing and done. <laughs> yeah, done we're good perfect i am really excited to talk to you guys because i i noticed your account like about a year ago so these, also these gorgeous people doing really nice youtube videos wow, about wait, the bachelor I love this. <laughs> Wow, say more, um, Jenna. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, oh, hello. And it's just like, I'm always so impressed. Uh, and I love seeing people come into the Bachelor commentary space and their own words, their own voice, and bringing like a different spin to it. And I want to give you guys the floor to kind of talk about what your show is and what you do bring to the space, because I think it's really valuable. Mm. Thanks, Jenna. Well, we are so happy to be here. Hi, this is Kelly talking. And <laughs> we're not used to not having our faces on the screen. So now you guys have to just yeah. listen to our voices. But we are so happy to be in the Bachelor space. It is definitely something that Julie and I, we both, we work in the relationship space. And so we both have coaching practices. We work one-on-one with folks creating change, transformation, momentum in their dating lives, so on and so forth. But I think it comes as no surprise that we also love trashy relationship dating shows because... A thousand percent. <laughs> That's just... our real bread and butter. Yeah, yes. exactly. It's just so fun. So we came together to start this show because we wanted to use it as like a jumping off point for conversations about relationships because, you know, obviously The Bachelor is the most constructed, weird fairy tale mm-hmm. fantasy storyline of all time but also it gives us so much fodder to unpack dating themes and just real things that happen in people's you know dating lives and so this felt like a really good way for us to take something in pop culture that people are already talking about and that Julie and I already like always love talking about in our own personal lives <laughs> like we're always yeah. you know coming on so just not coming on we're texting each other like oh my god can you believe that happened and so we were like you know what let's just take it let's take it online why not <laughs> we need that <laughs> julie do you feel like does it sound weird to somebody that you tell somebody i do relationship coaching and like all of this work but i also talk about a trashy toxic show and like <laughs> how that can be like can sound like a very interesting end of the spectrum yeah but in my opinion it's all so connected and such a great like I don't know it doesn't have to be really mutually exclusive absolutely and I think that juxtaposition is what makes it so interesting is the yeah. fact that like in our coaching practice there tends to be a seriousness or the the way that we're approaching it is extremely considered and we try to approach our analysis the same way for the show because even though the show is you know it's kind of a joke in certain ways because it is so outdated and I think it leans on a lot of really outdated love stories that just don't exist in 2024 it is blueprinting like how people are viewing relationships in some way I think it's capturing a very specific moment in the zeitgeist that some people can relate to and if we're not Mm -hmm. unpacking it if we're not thinking about it deeply it's being perpetuated in our culture so I think it's very interesting for me and Kelly to kind of go into it and be like okay it is silly but some silly things people take it seriously or people aren't thinking about it why don't we think about it through a more critical lens and then have a conversation about it because love is a very beautiful thing and we want people to find it. That's why our show is here to find love. But I think that when people are 
viewing it the way that The Bachelor is, it's doing a disservice to like the real kind of relationship that people can have. Mm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's wow. So true. Julie, wow. You, I'm like, <laughs> I know if you're co-host, but even me, I'm like, wow, I'm so moved. <laughs> that is what we do. <laughs> That's why we do the show. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, and like from my show standpoint, if there's listeners from your shows that are coming over here to listen to this, hi. Was yes. excited you're here. I think like I also didn't take like a little bit I I love talking about kind of the how relatable a lot of the toxicity can even be and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not an ex- expert by any means in like relationships, but I am an expert in trauma <laughs> no, uh, personally. And, but like, you know, I, I will never forget for just a recent example, like when the Greg thing happened with Katie and mm-hmm. all of that uh, played out on our TV screens, Ooh. I got hundreds of DMS from women who were like, I have been there. Mm-hmm. And so much of like bachelor nation didn't really like, didn't understand all of that. And that's fine. It was definitely a contentious like topic, but what I really liked what that really showed me is that there's people who are watching this who do relate to these, even though a lot of it's outdated yes. or whatever, but moments like that, that's happening in our current dating world or our old dating world, everything in between. And I think that's interesting to talk about, uh, because it, that's like the reality, right? Like that, whether mm-hmm. that was scripted in any way, it was real for me and the viewers who have experienced it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That is so beautifully said. Exactly. It is, what we're really always talking about is the moments in this show. It's like, I don't actually really care. Like, in real life, it, was it really like that? Like, is that actually what happened? Did the producers manipulate the story? I don't know. Maybe, sure. But that's that's a different conversation. It's interesting to talk about that, too. But then the conversation that Julie and I really like to have at Here to Find Love is, well, let's take the storyline that we've been presented and that the viewer yeah. is internalizing. Let's take that storyline and talk about it. Like, what are people supposed to take away from this? Why are people relating to it? Why are we being presented this as either a romantic ideal, as something that's healthy or unhealthy? Like, what are what are we supposed to be taking away from this storyline as presented? And, you know, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And what can we actually learn? What do we need to, you know, <laughs> like break down, unpack and throw away, throw in the garbage. What, <laughs> what here can we actually take as like a good lesson? Is there any good lessons from The Bachelor? I don't know. TBD, maybe. Uh, we'll see as we get into this. But I do think that that is the beauty of this show. Yes, it's trash reality TV. Sure. It's a fun thing to do on a Monday night, but also it is always something that sparks conversation. And that's why, at least for me, I, I keep coming back. I personally just I love it. I love talking about this show. <laughs> That's the question I wanted to ask you both before we get into the recap is how long have you been watching this show? Kelly, what, how long have you been? I am, I guess, relatively speaking, I would describe myself as newer into the Bachelor universe. I think my first season that I watched live was Ari's season. Oh, I, Ooh, know. Boy. <laughs> I know. God bless my own soul. But <laughs> that was my, yeah. I think that was my first live season. Um, but I think actually what had gotten me, oh, 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 wait, 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 let me take a step back. Actually, the first thing that I saw live, I didn't watch all of it, but it was actually Rachel's season. I was inserted maybe like in the last three weeks. I think somebody had it on like at, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I witnessed the Rachel Peter Krause breakup. Yeah. Yeah. And I was sold. Yeah. <laughs> it was that yeah. scene itself. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to watch every season of this show that has ever existed. I need to know what are the people talking about? How do the people feel? And since then you got Ari. And then and, I was like, that's the thing. <laughs> and then I got, yeah. And then we ended up with Ari and oh my dear word. But I will say I've gone back and watched like a lot of the like classic OG seasons as well since then. But yeah, that was my, yeah, that was my intro to the Bachelor world. What about you, Julie? What was your first season? My initiation, it started when I was fairly young. I, I can't, but I always dabbled in it. I would watch it like with my my sister, like after school. And I would catch like <laughs> little bits of it when I was doing homework. So it was never like I was dedicated watching it, really rooting for contestants and seeing them through. It was like, oh, this is on TV. Let me just sit down and kind of see what's happening and then go back to my like high school reality, whatever that looked like. And it was, oh, <laughs> I mean, God, what is better? Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to <laughs> date in high school or watching these fuckheads date. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of can't believe that you watched the bachelor 
in high school. I feel like in high school, I don't know. I was just like, what was I watching in high school? I was just, I was watching like Avatar The Last Airbender, which I like am here for. I'm glad I was watching that. But like, I can't imagine watching The Bachelor because I don't know what teenage Kelly would have even, like, I'm scared of what teenage Kelly would have learned from watching The Bachelor. You know what I mean? Like that, that honestly frightens me. Well, it's so funny because I've always been a big reality TV show lover ever since I was like in middle school. So like Mm. I really loved like the challenge or real world or anything where it was capturing real life. And just like back then, I just loved the gossip, the things that you were telling to the camera person and how you were acting in the house. That always really fascinated me, like the duality of a person. And it wasn't until, uh, funnily enough, Kelly, we've never spoken about this, but Rachel's season was maybe the first season that I actually started to track the characters of like, oh, there's Rachel, there's Brian, there's Peter. And then after that, I fell in love with Hannah Brown's season. That season really cemented me as like, oh, I keep, I want to watch more of this. And then Bachelor in Paradise was like hook, line, and sinker. Could not I couldn't go back. Yes, you're right. I forgot about Bachelor in Paradise as like a big part of my journey. The other couple that like hooked me in was Dean and Christina, whenever that was. I don't remember. I don't remember when it was, but I was just like so hooked on it. Okay. Like one thing to know about me is I always love the girl with the undying love. It's like, that's like, that is my toxic trait. I like love the girl Mm. with the undying love for the guy (laughs) who doesn't notice her. So I was all (laughs) up in Christina's girl at that time. I just, wow. That's so, so funny. And it's so funny because <laughs> had you watched all of uh, Rachel's season, you would have been even more invested in it because, like, Dean came from Rachel's and, like, his storyline on that was very interesting. Was and uh, so, yeah, what a what a prime time to get into it. Yeah. I love it. You know, and so speaking of Deanie Beanies, babies, whatever his fucking name is, Deanie <laughs> Babies, our guy, Joey, was like, you know... I could see us living in a van and traveling. I think he was talking to Jen. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I'm triggered. <laughs> um, but and I was all, all of a sudden, though, it all kind of fucking clicked into place. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joey's like the leveled up Dean. Ooh. The show Ooh. You know, like, Dean could never be the lead, but Joey's the lead. Yes. Oh, wow. Jenna, it's a controversial take. I kind of want to know. That's a take. Pe- I want to know what the people think of this take. I mean, I kind of love it, but it's controversial. There's still a part of me that's yeah. like, how could you say that? But I don't know. That's... I guess, yeah. <laughs> that's a different part of me. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, well, we'll see how, how I feel about Joey by the end of this. So, yeah, let's get into his uh, his week. Uh, week three, he... Uh, it, we, the women are down to, I think, 22 women. Something I, like that. I don't really remember. It doesn't really <laughs> matter. And are like, we're going to go do, we're going to do two group dates, one one-on-one as per usual. And the first one is going to be a classic pageant style group date with uh, special guest hosts, the Askin ladies <laughs> from Golden Bachelor. So funny. Yeah, and I did have to give it up to the producers for putting Medina on this date, considering she is terrified of aging, and these (laughs) stunning 65 to 70-year-old women were there, ready to steal her man. Uh, Oh, yeah. Was Medina on that date? I kind of forgot, but... She was. Oh, (laughs) what a delight. I mean, you know what? I, I, I feel like... All throughout The Golden Bachelor, I was, like, thinking and, like, feeling this, like, intense feeling of, like, gosh, like, I really hope we don't have this age storyline come back up again after this, like, in the regular Bachelor season. I was, like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, it's just, like, so nice to have stories of aging that are, like, empowering and lovely and yada, 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 and then to just come right back into The Bachelor and have this be, like, a prime storyline of, like, oh, no, I'm 31. I'm just, oh, it was really sad, and I don't want to invalidate Medina's feelings because I do think we talked about this on our show quite a bit when we, when this came up last week. Don't want to invalidate the way Medina is feeling because I do think that there is totally validity to the fact that we live in an age of society that is going to make women feel like shit for mm-hmm. turning 30, which is obviously BS. But I like, 
I feel you, Medina, in a sense that I understand why, where those feelings come from. But I am just like so frustrated to have this as a storyline on The Bachelor. It's just like, we need to just move away from this. Like, I I don't even want to hear, oh my gosh, I'm 30, I'm old anymore on my television in 2024. It's just, I'm over it. But it's so paradoxical because Medina making kind of stating that fear, she made it her identity. I don't know her for anything else outside of that on the show. Like you don't really know her personality, her background, like what she's looking for in a partner because the producers have hitched that stereotype onto her. And now she's kind of walking around as like this person who believes that she's past her prime. And I'm saying this of air quotes, like it's just so, yeah, of course. it's so ridiculous. And it's funny, Jenna, that you brought up that she was on the pageant. Cause I totally didn't even notice it because we had so many front runners on that episode. Like I felt like Lexi and Kelsey, like, Oh my God, they came in hot. Like that is yes. Joey likes yes. them. Yeah. Yes. Uh, despite his later defense that he's not, doesn't have a pageant thing, oh, my which gosh. I don't know what that <laughs> I screamed for like 20 minutes. <laughs> he did like the pageant. But yeah, yes. it was, of course, very cringe as usual to be expected. They did a series of like questions and they, I, it was like such a weird mix back because they were like, hey, to one of, I think it was Maria actually, hey, what would you do if you're like with Joey for 30 years and then his dick stops working? It was like, what okay, was up with that? Why? I thought, yeah. Like, Yosef's daughter is at home. Like, we can't, like, do this People right are now. watching this, yeah. This is a family show. Also, it's, like, uh, frankly, it's, like, super annoying to have, like, a weird conversation that shames people for having ED. Especially, yeah, like, again, again, we just had a whole show about, like, love and intimacy in our, our older years. It's, like... So people will sometimes have ED. What's the, what, why are we, why are we, it just cheap makes me jokes. so mad, honestly. Yeah. yeah yes. Cheap jokes. I'm like, what is this? Get, I don't know. I could, I could rant Get about this forever, together. but. <laughs> yeah. And then they, you know, but then they counter it with like, what's the one quality you really like about Joey or whatever. And then I thought that was also still funny because the lady was like, uh, he's really hot, but also he's. He's nice. It's like, you don't know shit about this guy. We know, <laughs> None of us know anything about him. Gosh. I All of the girls do know that he is an active listener. Like, I think that is the one thing about Joey that, like, if anyone yeah. had to say anything about Joey, he makes yeah. great eye contact, he listens, and after he listens, he will make out with you. Like, those are the three <laughs> things I know Joey would do every single episode. Like, I'm noticing the girls aren't even asking Joey, like, how what he's looking for in a partner. They're like, here's what happened in my past. Oh my gosh, you're such a great listener. And then he's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm really sorry you went through that. And then they would just start kissing and he's like, I've made a connection. I'm like, who are you? (laughs) I want to know you. Oh my God, seriously. (laughs) Why am I not surprised at all? Sorry, Julie, as you just said that, like, I didn't put two and two together, but you're right. Joey's doing such a good job paying attention to what each of these girls need and it's of course making it hard for us to get to know joey and this is also like his whole storyline from charity season right isn't this his whole thing his whole thing was that he is like very other focused doesn't like pay attention to his own needs doesn't show his true colors or he's like nervous to like show his true self to other people like that was his whole Mm. thing on charity season so it's actually really funny that he's getting so much praise right now in his current season like i feel like i keep seeing this on the internet like everyone's like, oh my gosh, Joey's a, a a man written by a woman, and he's like such a good listener, and he's so dreamy. I think all <laughs> of those things are true, but also at the same time, it comes at a cost because this is the exact weak spot that he's actually talked about in detail yeah. in charity season. So it's kind of funny that yeah. everyone's praising him for the exact thing that he says he struggles with. Oh, Joey. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm going to write a man. It's going to be that he doesn't talk very much. So I I, <laughs> I think it's going great. He's uh, on the screen. <laughs> yeah, he's there. There he is. And, and accounted for. <laughs> no, so true, though. That That is interesting because, like, his whole – the whole thing was his uncle being like, listen – He's a completely different dude than what you're seeing. Yeah. And we were all, and I remember all of us being like, okay, please elaborate. Like, right. is he a bad man? But no, it turns out he's not a bad man. He just was, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, we will find out, like, what his, uh, yeah, who is to say. But yeah, I did think that was interesting. And 
otherwise, the whole date was pretty cringe. The uh, what? So Sydney, he, she, God bless her. Oh God, I, what was that, y'all? The cheerleading. I couldn't see it. Um, yeah. yeah, it was so cringy. I felt bad how it was how it was edited for her too. Like the smattering mm-hmm. of applause, everybody awkwardly looking at her. Oh, that's on TV forever. <laughs> like, just, yeah. <laughs> Edwina wow. just perfectly being like, she said she was going to blow our minds, and she did. <laughs> like, oh. in, a, in a kind of a bad way. Oh, gosh. Uh, but can we talk yeah. about how great Edwina's little talent was? She, like, sang a whole cute little song. Come on. I do actually feel major cross. Those girls, like, were complaining about Joey not caring enough about the talents, which was, like, adorable and hilarious for them to complain about that because they're just like, I tried so hard and you didn't They all did and- try so hard. Yeah. <laughs> but they did all try really hard. <laughs> it was really cute. Yeah. <laughs> I did love, God, I'm really blanking on her name, but whoever did the kissing one. Lexi. Okay? Oh, Lexi yes, came Lexi. through hot. She was, she came like, through. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I thought that was obviously it's like not a talent. LOL. We're all we all get the joke, but it was like it was very clever and the I had to one. give it to her. Uh, so yeah, that's what happens. But it does make some of the women spiral, of course. And later on in the evening, Maria is in a bad mood because of it. Uh, well, and also because she was already embroiled in some drama that we'll get into later. But she goes up to Joey and is like, she's like dragging him. <laughs> For giving Lexi praise for this badass move that she would have done if she had thought of it, Miss Maria. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it was just like, it was pretty cringe because I felt like I could see on Joey's face that he was like, what is, why are, how is this like a talking, like you're upset that I, okay, I don't know. And then he did his classic line. He's like, I mean, just so you know, like, I don't have, like, a pageant thing. <laughs> Meaning, like, like, it doesn't turn him on when women do talents on stage. Like, I don't know what he's trying to say. But I love uh, that was a really funny conversation. Yeah, when Maria came into that, I was like, are you really gonna, is this really what you're gonna talk about? You're upset that he liked the girl who made out with him? <laughs> How confusing. Why would he... Why would he choose her? I don't know. I mean, especially you're right. Like, Maria is also someone who, like, understands the power of physicality and, like, all power to it. So it's, like, kind of funny that she was the one of all people to complain about, like, Lexi getting validated for her bold move. But I also personally think that the pageant, of course, was just, like, it didn't really matter. Joey was just giving roses out to the girls he, like, (laughs) likes the most. I mean, he has, I feel like he has liked Lexi quite a bit for the last two weeks and this was just an opportunity yeah. to like validate her did it with kelsey actually i kind of feel like he had been vibing on her for a while and you know he was like okay i'll give lexi the winner of the pageant thing and then kelsey will get the rose and it was just an opportunity to validate the girls he already kind of liked the most you know yeah he can't keep giving it to maria i think maria was kind of <laughs> hoping that she was going to continue to get specific attention but he has to like diversify how he's showing interest to people and I Mm -hmm. Maria did not handle it well and it was very interesting seeing their dynamic because Joey in that day like the power was not in his hands it felt like Maria was kind of like telling him what to do what to think and he was kind of not able to kind of assert himself in a way where Mm -hmm. he felt like he could stand up for himself. He was like, I don't have a pageant thing. Like, this was not <laughs> about talent at all, you know? <laughs> and she was like, it's a talent show. She was taking it so literally. She was taking it yeah, very literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so literally. That's such a good point. But I really love, like, I want to definitely put a pin in that sentiment that you just said about power dynamics. Yes. And things, because we will talk about that later when we talk about the drama that about the bullying drama, which again starts at this point, but I really want to save it so we can just all talk about it a little bit later. Love it. Um, so next up we have a one-on-one date with my fave, Jen. I am obsessed with Jen from the bio episode I did a couple weeks ago. I was like, she's the one I would pick. Like if I'm Ooh. giving on a final rose, she, I liked her bio. I liked her Instagram. She was reading seven Hug- husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Uh, which is gay. Uh, I'm not saying she is, but I just was like, oh, I love a girl who's going <laughs> to read a, a queer book. Um, her entrance is great. She's been killing it all the time. And she gets this beautiful one-on-one date uh, where they go surfing 
And I loved it. First of all, have we ever seen a surfing date and we have how many seasons of paradise? Okay, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, and I found myself simping for this relationship in this show yes. because I just thought it was like the sweetest date where I was like, this is a really great activity to do, to bond with somebody, have fun. Uh, and they both were champs about it. And obviously he, he's done some surfing in Hawaii and what, yeah, what are your thoughts on her date? And the, also the importance of it. Um, I saw today on Instagram that she is maybe the first monoracial Asian American to ever get a one-on-one date. Wait, in the is that history? true? The first wait. Stop. Oh, I didn't hear that. And oh my, oh my word. I mean, wow. Every time I hear a first related to anything, like the first Asian to do blah or the first black woman to mm-hmm. do blah, I'm like, it's 2024. Why are there still firsts? Like, it's killing me. It's yeah. really killing. On me. the Bachelor, yeah. there's many firsts. <laughs> <laughs> the first makes the first black. <laughs> Like in the last two to three years. Uh, but Jenna, I love that she's your favorite because Jen is also one of my favorites. But I have a personal bias because she's Vietnamese and I'm I'm Vietnamese. So I'm like, you're representing the diaspora. Like you're out there doing your thing. And what I loved about the importance of the day was that in the entire show, I've never related to a contestant ever. I think a lot of their backgrounds and their stories, it's very unique mm-hmm. to their cultural background. And I just didn't grow up mm-hmm. in families that looked or felt like that. That's why mm-hmm. it would be so interesting if Jen really progressed and made it to hometowns. Because what would it be like to have like a Vietnamese family like interact with Joey? How would he act if like her parents spoke limited English if that is what they spoke like I really want to see the show unpack that dynamic we'll see how far she gets but Mm -hmm. Jen having that one-on-one date her having an opportunity to talk about her family background and all of the things that she went through was so relatable to me and that's why it's so important to have Asian representation on the show because then it just makes the audience feel like seen and heard and we can root for somebody that looks like us we can believe that people like her like us can find love on a reality dating show in 2024 like i think it's super important no it gave me very like full body chills when you just said like you first time you actually fully related to somebody absolutely like that made me feel very happy but it makes me so mad that that's uh, it's just frustrating <laughs> and then i'm like oh well she make it to hometowns because like it, the the yeah the statistics have shown that it's pretty rare extremely that rare. an asian contestant gets that far um and that's just frustrating to me totally totally and i mean i know kelly you have some really important points you want to say about this yes please. Uh, because i think that the bachelor having so many firsts in this time period it's really disappointing especially for asian representation the first monoracial to ever have a one-on-one date ever on american tv oh show that's maddening that doesn't make any sense like you've never yeah. chosen a lead that likes asian people like I don't <laughs> understand. that's me. basically what it's saying <laughs> killing me it's really it's really killing me oh my gosh i also got chills julia when you were saying that because i yeah i like don't really think about it very often about like how much i often don't relate actually really to the white people on the show who are like centered in the show and i don't think about it which is funny i should think about it you would think i would think about it all the time but you're right it's like (laughs) it is i i guess i just expect that i won't relate and I haven't really do you know what I mean like I don't even really think about it because I I have not been I've never experienced a scenario where I'm supposed to be relating to most of the television that's on my screen so I just but yeah you're right that is what a weird thing that's weird (laughs) yeah yeah my heart just like kind of like got a little like a shaky when you said it (laughs) because it's so true I mean, it's so interesting, too, because, I mean, there was, like, this Bachelor mix-up on Instagram where Jen and Leia Mm. were having their photos swapped for each other. And it's so wild because, first off, Jen is 
Vietnamese. Leia is Filipino, just like I am Vietnamese and Kelly is Filipino. <laughs> like we're <Yeah>. different. <laughs> we're different. You know, like we have different diasporas that we're a part of. And for the show to even mix that and to not have an opportunity to say that there's nuance in our stories, that even though me and Kelly are both Asian, our respective experiences dramatically differ based on mm-hmm. our parents and our backgrounds and, you know, how they were raised, that all matters. But the story just conflated that into Asian, the same, because we don't represent them you know, traditionally in the show, we're not going to give them nuance in this tiny moment. And it's very benign to not tag them correctly, but it says a lot about how the show typically approaches Asian people, which is you guys are all kind of the same. And then when you guys, you know, we're just, oh, like, I'm not going to think twice because it has to be one of them. I'm just going to tag it. It doesn't really, yeah, it was disappointing. Oh gosh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it really, it's so frustrating to even talk about it. I'm like even frustrated talking about this moment in relationship to Jen's one-on-one because it just like it I should just yeah. be like happy and excited about Jen's one-on-one and instead it's like yes. kind of shadowed by this ridiculous thing that happened whatever last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the everyone knows about the context of this but yeah the Bachelor account posted a photo of Jen and Joey kissing but they tagged Leia in the photo and it's just you know I, I just it just it's so frustrating, yeah, it tugs at that whole super harmful trope, all Asians look alike, quote unquote, oh my gosh, obviously not true. It's just, it's so frustrating, and I don't even, uh, it's just like, it really is annoying, honestly, to have to waste breath on this, because, yeah. like, Jen and Leia even shouldn't have to, like, have this negativity, like, following them and their storylines for the rest of the season, they already addressed it, and, like, I don't even want to, like, keep talking about it, because... It's like the few Asian people in Bachelor Nation that are here on the show and commenting on the show. It's like there's so few Asian people in this community and then kind of having to come out and talk about these little moments of like anti-Asian aggression. It's like, it's just, it's, it's frustrating. And it, it's like, I just want Jen and Leia to just enjoy their experience and not have to deal with the stress (laughs) that like the white girls on the show don't have to deal with. So I just, (laughs) Anyways, that's all I'm going to say on that. I think those girls handled that situation really beautifully and gracefully. And I'm just so excited to keep seeing their stories being told on this season. So true. No, I think it's great. I think it's really important that you mentioned, like, it's frustrating to have the conversation and coupled with, like, the positive moments. We do need to call it out. But it's like, let's, it's just, it's just sad. That's, this is why this representation matters so much Mm -hmm. is that we, like, and we say this a lot in our, like, Roses for Everybody uh, fat diversity mm-hmm, campaign mm-hmm. is that if the show were to ever have fat contestants on, they absolutely need to have more than just one mm-hmm. because all of the energy gets focused on them. Mm-hmm. And typically we only have one Asian American person on the show maybe and we and, – and whatever. And it's like you can't – focus that uh you have to have it has to have a, a full spectrum of of personalities and experiences right. represented otherwise you're gonna have these like problems but now my new fear is unlocked that there's two and now they're gonna mix them up i know like, that's exactly like, i'm like good god i know it was so funny at the beginning of the season they I can't keep like, track of it <laughs> uh, it's so frustrating at the beginning of the season i was like oh like i'm so excited there's so many asian contestants this season and then of course week two there's this yeah, mix yeah, up I'm yeah. like okay whatever yeah. anyways gotta move on from it because I just <sighs> thank you both for speaking on that for sure um thank you and uh yes yeah, so she gets a group date or she gets her date rose and there's a drone show <laughs> that was kind of creepy <laughs> I scared the shit out of I'm me. I'm sorry. I, really I would know, know how to like react to this. <laughs> it was really funny. I'd be Jen like, oh, for me? Didn't know. <laughs> she was like, uh, cool, I guess. Like, I think she was a little bit icked out, but just had to, like, be like, oh, wow, how romantic. <laughs> Imagine living in one of those houses and you, like, peek outside <laughs> and it says, The Bachelor. And you're like, ah! <laughs> no! <laughs> oh my gosh, too You're funny. You're supposed to let me know if they're within like 100 feet of a school. Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, God. Um, so we have our second group date, and it is a tennis match, which I'm surprised it took him this long. <laughs> um, let's get, because he's a coach, if you didn't know. Uh, and they're learning how to play tennis with a couple, uh, professionals. I don't know them. I'm sorry to <laughs> I don't anyone either. listening. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but of course, in classic Bachelor style, we need to have a competition. And what they added this time is that they made the women dress up in like these really kind of like, um, like they, it made them harder to, to play tennis. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just like in babies, ketchup and uh, mustard in a hot dog. A bee in a beehive, a lobster in a butter, which was funny and ultimately like the best team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they play tennis. Jesse was, I think, on cocaine. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone else noticed. Like he was going hard. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so. I typically ignore him, so I don't even remember that part. <laughs> oh my God, I don't even. That's my like, time to go. What happened? He was like. <laughs> just like looking at the screen he was like trying something new and i was like i don't know if this is working friend but it's fine um, that's so do you have funny. any thoughts on the date like i mean it's is what it is honestly it like, is what I, it is yeah yeah i feel like with these like kind of goofier parts of the dance it's like they're entertaining television but there's not often like a ton to pull from them i often wonder like does the lead ever get any information about the contestants from this like does this his actually fantasy. help them like joey had his fantasy <laughs> oh, he didn't say that it's like this is my fantasy <laughs> he said that he said that okay well <laughs> oh my god so was... check mark for joey but out, for anything else no like it didn't really it didn't vibe <laughs> i was surprised that that right, came out well. of his mouth <laughs> He, I, I'll say this, he's horny as hell, yes. so I gotta give it to him. He totally is. Boy. He's like, you know what, actually, I'm getting horned up for this butter right now. <laughs> uh, Dude, remember when they had that butter stack for Michelle and J- Matt James on their date? They had, this, I, they had a spa date on Matt James' season, and Michelle and him were in this like crazy, weird, like I think it was supposed to be like an Amish spa oh, or some shit. I don't like those food dates. I know those, stack of butter. those food dates are yeah. always, uh, they're rough. I'm, yeah, I always I uh, can't watch those. <laughs> None of them each season. Somebody, yeah, yeah somebody on the production has kink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's, there is something happening. And I'm not shaming them. I'm just saying, like, get your shit together. <laughs> a family show. Um, gosh, what happened in the evening time? I think it was pretty benign, but what I will say is that I there was, oh, there was a da- there was a daisy moment. So I want to talk about that, but anyway, there was a daisy moment. The person I wanted to talk about was Caitlin, who ended up getting the group date rose, and she had a really interesting little conversation point about her family curse, which I. <laughs> At first, I was like, ooh, okay, this is cute. Like, what is she about to talk about? And then, of course, she has to say, like, all the women are single. <gasps> Gasp. Oh, no. Not Joey singlehood. didn't know how to take it. He I know. Like, <laughs> Joey's like, cool. They sound happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> great. <laughs> I, lo- I did love that he took it as a, definitely a challenge to, like, flex his, like, feminism. Yeah. He was just like, I love all these badass ladies who don't need no man. And I was like, yeah, true that. Because, like, we we don't. And, like, I was, of course, like, I definitely was laughing. My roommate came in just at that moment. She was like, yeah, I've been single for two years. I'm like, this poor woman. <laughs> so, like, Jesus Christ. Oh, like, come God. on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then she was all, but then she also made it sound like she did it kind of intentionally. She's just like, no, I've been working on myself. I'm like, well, good. So, like, what's the problem? Right. Her angle was a little bit off. Like, I kind of wish that she leaned into, it's not like the, not like empowering as, because I feel like that word can make it seem like her choosing to do that is better than her choosing to be in a relationship. It's just a different thing that you want. There is no good. There is no bad. It's just different. If you're single, if you're in a relationship, the value of that just depends on what you want to have your life aligned around, you know? Yeah. Ah, flexing your relationship coach moment right now. <laughs> I'm putting on my hat right now. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, like, I guess, what are your, yeah, what are your thoughts, Kelly? Like, I mean, it's like, this is, yeah, I like that like value like and it, it all depends on the value you're putting on it and like if I do think that like people often get stuck at that like I'm single so I have no value when so much it's like no this is such an important valuable time for you to learn right. about yourself or your other intimacy like other intimate relationships you have in your life absolutely I really think that I get so frustrated with in general the narrative that 
being single is like even just like a stepping stone to eventually you'll be in a relationship no you don't have to be it doesn't matter whatever if you want to be great if you don't want to be great it just like it just doesn't matter and it's it is really frustrating to kind of position her own family members who are single as if like they've been cursed and that's why they're single I mean she literally even explains that her mom doesn't want to be in a relationship her mom is like i'm never doing that again i love my independence like her apparently that's her mom's positionality to it and yet she herself is applying this like shame to her mother's choice which is so weird because her mom is like happily single she was like i i did the relationship thing i'm done with that i don't want it and like cool like that's great and there's nothing yeah so it was really weird for caitlin to kind of apply that that kind of, I don't know, angle to what is happening in their lives. And I think it really ties into this larger thing that happens on this show, which is like, they always position like, oh my gosh, my parents have been together for 40 years. And wow, it's so amazing. That's so successful. I want that. And then on the other side, it's, oh, my parents are divorced. They're broken. I'm broken. Woe is me. Like, I hope somebody fixes me. And it's like, very it's a very strange way to position all divorce as bad when in reality often people leaving relationships that are not working for them it's like the best thing that ever happened to them most divorced people would say that like great point kelly you know (laughs) and i don't i don't want to like necessarily speak for jen but like we had i was actually really impressed with her conversation about her family dynamic because this is the example of where again we don't know all of it she didn't say this but what i felt was that her parents should have divorced Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so we got this and and that's kind of rare that we get that uh we get divorce stories long-term marriage stories on the show and to see a contestant being like my parents were so it it was very volatile that it caused me trauma my dad had to sleep down in a different Mm -hmm. space it was Mm -hmm. all these things and again not going to speak for their relationship dynamic but like in a lot of cases people talk about like a divorce can actually be the healthier thing for our family Mm -hmm. if the alternative is trauma inducing, right? Like right? Jen so, her, so yeah. So I just thought that I think that is such a like an interesting dichotomy to see the way that she talked about it, and then later on to see yeah to see this. Caitlin do that exactly. I completely, I I completely agree. I think that you know I actually appreciated that Joey like didn't even take that bait that of like. Oh my gosh. I mean, he did make a little joke of like, maybe we'll break the curse. Like he made like a little right. joke about that. But I honestly, I, I, I appreciate that, you know, he was just kind of like, cool. Like it sounds like they're happy. And like, I, I appreciated that he very much was happy to, you know, frame singlehood as something that is not a negative state inherently. And it's not, you know, a state of lack that is, you know, just, crying out for another human to come save you from because that is not the case for everyone and you know I just that's another like I have so many troubles with a lot of the narratives on this show but that's one of them that really frustrates me a lot and so this was like an interesting angle in we'll see how this like family curse storyline continues to pan out throughout the season but I at least appreciated the position the way it was positioned in this moment We'll see it on Bachelor in Paradise. That was her audition. <laughs> like oh, she's gonna be yeah. on the she's gonna be on that show. Like I think it's gonna be one of those like the subtitles is gonna be like single for two years or family curse. Cause I yeah, it just genuinely it felt very kitschy, and I think that um it's it's great that we're getting to have this conversation about it because Kelly, you're totally right. Like it's not a curse. It's a way that she's looking at it and for her to make her family feel ashamed for their choices because she wants something different. Like there's a nuance between that. You can think your thing, but not have to cast judgment on how mm. your family members are thriving in their own life. Like for her to have done that, that wasn't the best showing or maybe that was meant to be humorous i'm not totally sure no it probably was but it would be funny of course if she made it to hometowns and their mom's like excuse me excuse you what no i'm good actually i actually love that (laughs) would be very funny and then she ended up getting the group date rose um not before we have a moment with daisy where she checks in with joey after their first one-on-one date together last week she wanted to make sure how he's feeling after kind of like letting him know all about her story 
Um, and then she asks if he wants to touch it, uh, which was her cochlear implant. And he does. It was a really nice, sweet moment. Uh, there was some interesting Frankenbiting happening hmm. and editing around this. They, like, inserted her a different version of her saying cochlear implant in when we didn't see her face. And then later on when she was about to describe how it actually works, like as he was like putting it back on, she, it cut, they cut it. Oh, interesting. I didn't just capture says, this. She, yeah. And then she just kind of goes anyway. So I'm a little different. And she said it in this really positive like way. She's just like, you know, and I'm, yeah, I'm just different. I want people to know that different is like great. And Joey <laughs> says, you're not different. You're special. Mm. And I wanted to call attention to that, not that, not to like cancel him or anything. And, and I feel like I talked to some people in my DMs about it. I think in the moment, like it was all this, that was probably really what was comfortable for her, for him, everything. But I do think it's important to kind of talk about like language is important. And it's not that he did the most wrong yeah. thing in the world, but in general, we don't necessarily want to like a, um, correct the person who is speaking about their own experience yeah like that's what she said that's the language she used. right we want to Absolutely. adapt the language she's using right. at the time and two it does at times can do a disservice to uh everybody's different needs and abilities within the disability community and to, to just like label it as you're special and we're not going to mm. talk about what what she might need versus another person who's in the hearing here hard of hearing community or somebody else who's in the disability community everyone's going to need different things um and so just to be like special is not always ideal so it's just a good moment to learn about that yeah, absolutely yeah. thank you for calling that out it it was a funny i i, call, I noted that too i was like it's a very weird thing to take someone's own like language that they're using to describe themselves and just like correct them, <laughs> like especially someone from the disabled community, but also like just anyone from a marginalized community. It's like if those are the language that that resonates with them, that makes sense to them, it's very strange to be not to. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I we could all tell that Joey intended well, but it was a it was a strange instinct to want to do that, and I don't think daisy even reacted but no yeah i mean like i said ultimately in the moment it's probably fine or whatever but i it, bringing it to my own experience as a fat person mm. had i and this is not to say it's exactly one-to-one -one comparison but had i told my date yeah blah 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 and like i'm fat and etc cetera, etc cetera, and mm. if he had said no you're not fat you're beautiful God, that is 100 percent so that, that's very offensive to me yeah personally so yeah uh, and everyone has their own experience with that but like i'm using this language i wasn't asking for you to tell me that i'm better than what i was describing i'm talking about my experience mm. she was just like i'm different and that's great and he had again well-intentioned but this is just a great example for everyone to learn mm -hmm. is that he tried to like be like no no you're, you're great it's like she didn't need to be yeah told she's great you know yeah. like, that was it, his it was own a little discomfort bit, like coming yes. out yeah. He, yeah. it makes her feel a little not makes her feel worse but it's almost like in that moment instead of accepting her he was trying to make her feel better which yeah. automatically puts this filter that there's something to have to make her feel better about as if her yes. disability yes. or her hard of hearing status is something that he has to cater towards yeah. versus just being like oh okay totally i accept you i'm using the language that you're using to describe yourself he didn't use yeah. that moment i mean i yeah. think that you're right he was very well intentioned but mm -hmm. i hope that he really takes daisy as is and like really accepts her for how she's wanting to position and present herself mm. yeah which i think he really did last week so i definitely don't think it's like a moment of that but it's yes. just like that's I think it's a great learning opportunity. Um, <laughs> speaking from out. an outsider's perspective, so yeah. uh, would love to hear, of course, from the uh, disability community um, on on language use. Mm. So yeah, um, that's kind of it because I want everyone to go over to Here to Find Love YouTube where we're going to continue the conversation and we're going to talk about the big drama of the episode oh and all gosh. of that stuff, all the different dynamics that play in with that. I have lots of opinions. Oh, I have so and much yay. to say. <laughs> I want to hear all of them. So <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to hear what you both have to say about this Maria, Sydney, Medina stuff. Oh, I just can't wait to get into it. I'm so excited. <laughs> so make sure you head over there. And if you're not already subscribed, make sure you're subscribed. Is there any information you want people to know on this end to where to follow you? Do yeah. you have an Instagram as well? Yes, please come follow us. 
at Here to Find Love on YouTube, at Here to Find Love Show on Instagram. Come hang, DM, tell us where you found us. And yeah, come listen to the next part of this conversation. I am like literally on the edge of my seat. I cannot wait to <laughs> dig into this Maria Sydney stuff. Oh my gosh. I'm so, so excited. And yeah, y'all should just come, come listen. But thank you so much, though, for doing this stuff with me. And I am just so grateful I got to talk to you, Julie and Kelly, about all the different things and all the relationship dynamics that had. And yeah, thank you so much for being here. Oh, yeah, thank, thank you for, you having, for us. having us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know, really, Kelly. yeah, you're nailing the intros and the outros. <laughs> one brain, <Okay>. one brain. <laughs> And uh, thank you all so much for listening to Date Car Pod. If you are new, coming over from their show or anywhere else in this fucking <laughs> scary-ass world, thank you so much for listening. I recap The Bachelor, Bachelorette Paradise, and all the other little shows. And I'm really excited to continue to do that from a queer, sassy, leftist lens, mm-hmm. as usual, and a tired lens, because I am exhausted already. Okay, <laughs> bye, everybody. Stay soft. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Date Card Pod. Make sure you're following the podcast on all of the social media platforms. On Instagram and TikTok, it is at Date Card Pod. On Twitter, it's at Date Card Podcast. And you can email me at DateCardThePodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is hosted and produced by myself, Jenna Vesper. And you can find me on at Jenna with a smile on Instagram and check out all my other fun projects I have. Thank you so much to Michaela Jane for our amazing artwork and find her at MichaelaJane.com. And a huge thank you to Jed Overly for our theme music. You can find him on Instagram at JeddyBoyJames. If you're loving the podcast, make sure you share it with a friend, share it with your boss, share it with your mom, maybe an enemy. I don't really care as long as you share it. Okay. And maybe leave a review. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Hello and welcome to the ad for Afternoonified. The ad where we try to convince you to listen to our show. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. We hope you like mummies, weird religions, cheese, historical figures, dicks, religion, and like a lot of other stuff. Did it work? Are you going to listen? Emily, they can't hear you. They're like pressing the skip button right now. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is As Above, So Below.